Gracious Lord, we ask that you would teach us more of your truth, more of your ways of life, that you would help us to experience, know, and share more of your love in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, welcome. I'm going to add my welcome to Greg's. Glad you're here today. And uh, I want to say, you know, I think there's a little question that if I ask you what's the most important feast day or holiday in the church, everybody would immediately say Easter. We get it. It's the resurrection and all that went with that, validating of Jesus's claims, all the things that he had said and, and it had prefigured for that. And if I ask what's the second most important feast day or holiday in the church, nobody would hesitate on that one either, that it's Christmas, that we think about Jesus being born and wrapping up with that in its own way, the incarnation. We think about that. But if I ask what is the third most important feast day or holiday, <laughs> I think there might be a few um, struggles or a few thoughts about it. But just to be clear, it's today. <laughs> it's Pentecost. It's the reason that we have the red vestments and the red um, coverings on the altar and all this, and many of you are wearing red. It's because it's this feast day. And what I'd like to do today is, I mean, it's, it's this hugely important day because it's, we think about the Holy Spirit being given to the church. We also think about what it means that the Holy Spirit is being given to us as individuals. And um, that's part of the celebration of what we're doing, is celebrating that power that's given. What I'd like to do this morning is do a reflection, thinking about that power of the Holy Spirit coming to the church and to us as individuals to maybe raise the question and ask, are we allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and to actually ask and pray for that more and more. That's where we're, we're headed today um, with, as we go at this. And I, the beginning question really is then, what is this feast? Like, give us a little more on where it came from or what it's, what it's about. The word Pentecost is the Greek that's going to 50 days. And if you know that this is, builds on a Jewish festival that it was already in existence before the church did anything with this. It was the festival of weeks, and it was 50 days after the Passover. And if you'll remember, obviously, the Last Supper, Jesus is celebrating the Passover meal. 50 days later is this, this festival that they would have, this feast, uh, Pentecost, where people would come from all over into Jerusalem. The whole world is there, and they would celebrate. It was originally a celebration of first fruits for the corn harvest kind of a thing, but later it took another meaning because it became a place where they celebrated the giving of the law through Moses. And so the early church thought, oh, this, this is when the timing, the way it happened, but it's also just a great name to use because the Holy Spirit is being given, which is really the law being written into our hearts. And so that's a great name. Let's keep it. That's where it comes from. So we're celebrating this day, this Pentecost, when this Holy Spirit is being given to all. As, as the prophet Joel had promised, that there would be a day when, it, when God's Spirit would not just be on particular people, particular times for particular things, but the Holy Spirit would be given. And that's what's taking place on this day and that we're celebrating this coming in power. There are an, quite a few passages that can be assigned for this day. We've read two of the passages that get assigned on Pentecost, at least in this particular year. The one we read that Steve read that's from Romans mentions in a couple different places three different kinds of spirits in there are mentioned. The spirit of adoption, the spirit of bondage, the spirit of the Lord, all of those are mentioned there. But scripture has many different places that talks about different kinds of spirits. Somebody has tallied this up and said that there, there are more than 700 different places in scripture that talk about a spirit of something. 
And to just give you an idea and kind of remind you of what some of these are like, um, I put together just a list of some of these. The spirit of the Lord, obviously. The spirit of power. The spirit of life. The spirit of truth. The spirit of this world. The spirit of destruction. The spirit of holiness. The spirit of peace. The spirit of humility. A spirit of jealousy. A spirit of gentleness. All, it goes on and on. There's like 700 different places where these kind of things are mentioned. And as I said, it just in the first two verses of this passage that we read from Romans 8, gave three different ones, spirit of the Lord, spirit of bondage, and spirit of adoption. That little word of has a lot built into it, what's going to follow it and what we're thinking about. But I wonder here if we paused for a second and asked this question, if somebody was going to say, what is the spirit of that marks you as people encounter it, what would they say? Is it a spirit of faith or a spirit of fear? Is it a spirit of love or a spirit of hatred? Is it a spirit of generosity or a spirit of scarcity? What are the, what's the spirit that marks us? And coming back to thinking about this, having the spirit of the Lord be the one that marks us, coming back to this place of thinking about what this gift is, th this power that's given on this day of Pentecost. And the thing about it is when we celebrate this feast, we're not just celebrating something that took place couple thousand years ago kind of a thing. We, we're celebrating that God continues to give himself to us, that we continue to receive the Spirit. We continue to be filled by the Spirit. We have a role in this. You know, St. Paul has a couple things on this in Scripture. One where he says, he says in an active sense, go on being filled by the Holy Spirit. That's one of the things he tells uh, in one of his letters. Go, go on being filled. And another place he gives the negative. He says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. So apparently there's some way you can throw up roadblocks and say no and put up resistance and quench the Spirit in your life. So we're reminded on this day as we celebrate that we're also asking this question, are we in the open to being continuously filled? And are we, are we doing anything that quenches the Spirit in our lives? Because we have a role in this. And there, as we think about that, there are so many things, too, as we think about the Holy Spirit on this day to celebrate this power. I want to list some of these for our reflection as you think about this. One is how the Holy Spirit, um, our passage alluded to it um, in the gospel lesson, helps us to remember so many things that Jesus taught or commanded or instructed or revealed. The Holy Spirit brings to mind that we think about how in baptism we are adopted into God's family, we think about what it means that, um, that we have forgiveness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and all of this, that we are, as it said in the Romans 8, that we are God's children and heirs. And the Holy Spirit again and again reminds us of these things, reminds you that you are a child of God, reminds you that you have been forgiven to your core, helps bring all these things to mind. The Holy Spirit is the one who will again and again bring our attention and our focus back to Jesus what he's done, what he's doing, what his call is on our life and our identity in him. And the Holy Spirit also does other things though that sometimes can make us bristle a little bit because the Holy Spirit also shows us our brokenness and our sins. The Holy Spirit is the one who will convince us, convict us at times of the things that we're doing wrong. Not condemn us, that's different. That's not the, we don't just get this 
thing around us that just says we're bad people or whatever. That's condemnation. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say, uh, let's take another look at this. You're not getting this right. But it also doesn't leave us there because the Holy Spirit refreshes us and renews us through word and sacrament and helps us find life again, helps us find joy, helps us find all these things that bring healing deep in our souls. I'll mention that today at the end of the service, um, it seems like a good day to do this. Every year or two years, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. But at the very end of the service today, we're going to offer unction for anybody that wants it. And I'll say more during announcements, but Greg and I will be here at the very, very end of the service after the dismissal. And if you want to be anointed for healing of mind, body, soul, just make a line like we're doing at communion and come forward and we're going to um, just anoint you and say a prayer as you're anointed that way. So, but we were mindful that the Spirit is the one who refreshes us, renews us, heals us at the deepest levels of who we are. And, you know, our challenge is that we live in a place where there's so much that keeps wanting to pull us away from where God wants us to go, where we can flourish. We have this rebellion that's kind of seems to be built into us at times where we keep pulling away from what's best for us or what will make us flourish the most or what God would have for us. And the Spirit, again and again, keeps steering us away from things that are evil and the things that pull us from God and towards the things that give life, that help us to flourish, that help encourage us that way, brings us back to remembering these things. All of these things I'm mentioning just as we celebrate, to me, point to the incredible power that comes on this day. And when Jesus, you remember when he's, he has this 30 years, he starts his public ministry. He does three years of teaching, going all around these places. And then he is killed, put on the cross. Three days later, he's resurrected. And then he spends 40 days walking around Jerusalem again, at one point even being seen by 500 people and all of this. But then 40 days, he's ascended. And we celebrated that not long back in the church. And then we get to the 50 days and the Holy Spirit is given. And we get that in this, that time period, he tells the church, like all these things I've told you to do, I've given you this super big mission. Like you need to go out and figure out how you're gonna love the way I've loved, full on. You need to go figure out how you're gonna share this good news around the world. You need to do all these things, but wait, don't go do any of that until you receive power from on high. Just go and wait and pray. And that's what they do. And then, so we get with the Holy Spirit comes on this day in power and they're given, you know, like there's this huge thing that takes place in that upper room with 120 of them there, whatever it is, where they see, th they hear this sound like the wind and they see these flames and they see all these different things. And then they hear preaching being done in their own languages from people all over the world, and all these different tongues. So it's this powerful, powerful event. And it's given to the church and it's given to us, each of us, to all of us as God followers. And there's a lot of power in it. And I pause there for a moment because really a lot of the things that I've said so far have really been things that were about us living out our spiritual lives. But the same thing is that obviously for the church. Some of you will know that many years ago, I, uh, when I was in seminary, I spent a year as an intern in London. And there were many reasons why I wanted to do that. But one of the reasons why I did it was because it's a place where there are a lot of dead churches. And it's something like really painful about going into some of these beautiful churches that you would kill to have here in the U.S. somewhere. Gorgeous, you know, vaulted ceilings and stone and stained glass and all these things just gorgeous and 10 people there on a Sunday kind of a thing. And you're like, what happened here? And then 
sort of that, con- I wanted to see that, but I wanted the church I was working at is one that has thousands of people on a Sunday, thousands of people, and has done church plants all over England and all these things. And I wanted to see what's this difference. And if I had to come down to saying what's the biggest single difference, that church is completely about being spirit-led, inviting the Holy Spirit again and again, come and show us, lead us, guide us, do all this stuff. And there's just life and, and things, people are changed and things are happening and, you know, just amazing the things that are happening. And I see more and more of that happening here. So much life bubbling up here as we get more, more momentum, as we see more and more ways in which we're leaning into, where's God leading this church? Guide us, lead us, inspire us, empower us. And you see good things happening. You see things where there's life and growth. You know, I think about how in the last little bit, we've hired a director of engagement because everybody's got a role in this. The spirit has something for everybody to do. And we have new people coming in and we're going to have somebody that's going to coordinate that. And um, Greg's helping with that, but we brought in um, Rob Springer. Or I think about how we've just now got our new um, clergy person that's over mission and outreach who I'll introduce at announcements because she's in here with us today. All these good things happening. Or I think about how this week we're giving $75,000 to help support refugees locally and internationally out of this church through many different ministries. There's just good things happening. And I'm reminded as we think about Pentecost that the whole world is there. There's all these languages. Part of what it means for us to live into the gospel is to care about all the peoples of the world. So I'm excited that we're, that we're doing that, that that goes on. But it all comes back to also, as we celebrate these things, asking us about our role. Where are you with the spirit? Because certainly the world wants to pull us in other places to have that spirit of greed that never gets enough or things that pull us towards all these things the world wants to give us, love, power, sex kind of stuff that pulls us away. And the question is, are we going to be, allow ourselves to go to where the Romans 8 passage talks about being slaves um, or being, having a spirit of bondage to these things because they will put us into bondage. And Paul in writing that passage contrasts it with this spirit of being adopted and this freedom of being adopted in, in, um, through God. And the more we can get to that place of allowing that, that God's spirit into us, continue being filled, the more we will take on God's likeness. We think about that passage from Galatians 5 where it talks about how it's really the family likeness, that you'll have the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and all these kinds of things growing in our lives as we welcome the Spirit more and more into us. He will change us. And the Spirit will, um, I think the other thing I would just say about the Spirit as we celebrate the power of the Spirit is the Spirit comes along with us when we're at the driest moments, the hardest moments, you know. I don't know if you, I think about this analogy. I don't know if you saw that last, earlier, or last month in May, there was this guy on the, in Florida who, looks over and sees that his pilot is crumpled in the seat. And he had to call the, get on the radio and say, yeah, I'm the passenger. I know nothing about flying and the pilot's out of commission. And the um, controller who was a pilot started talking to him and helping him. And they figured out where he was and they led him back to a, uh, an airport and they sp- helped talk him down and he landed the airplane and everybody, at least that day was a happy ending to the whole, the whole scenario. But I think to me, that's sort of an analogy of the Holy Spirit at times that 
there are times when we're, we need someone to talk. We, we're not able to fly the plane. We're life, the wheels are coming off and we're dry and we're crusty and we don't know where to go. And I think the spirit comes alongside of us as the advocate and, and as the counselor and all these different ways and will help us in those moments when we're just not able to do it. And the spirit ministers to us and will help pray, help pray for us and through us in ways that we don't even know how to do. That's what God does. So there's so much power in all of this. So my prayer and encouragement for us today is that we would stop on this day and give thanks to God for this power given to you and given to the church. This power that reminds us of who we are and what, God's, what Jesus taught and done and helps us come back to our identity and all these things. The, the one who helps us figure out the path of life and the path that flourishes the one who helps us to love in ways that we cannot love on our own. And so I want to close with a prayer, if you're game, that we would allow more of the Spirit in us to help us to love and to reach out into the world and share this love. Stuff that we're different than other organizations in the world because we're asking the Spirit to empower us and lead us and help us show that love. So I invite you, if you will, to, um, to just close your eyes and... Um, be open in prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you love us and you created us in your love. That you reach out to us in our brokenness. That you bring healing through the cross and forgiveness. And we thank you that you have not left us alone, but you've sent your, sent your spirit to be in us, to be in our hearts to remind us always of how loved we are, that we are your beloved, that we are your children, that we inherit in you eternal life. You come to us and strengthen us when we're weak. You lead us and guide us towards a way of life that flourishes. And we pray that you would help us to not quench your works within us, that we would be open to you filling us and guiding us and leading us in all things, that we can bring glory to you and that we can share this great, powerful gift with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.